Lumos and Lattes, Chapter 6 You know there are other kinds of muffins, Malfoy said, as Hermione pulled a tray of banana nut muffins from the oven, the third tray of the day. Yes, thank you, Malfoy, for your expertise in muggle pastries. Wizards eat muffins, Granger. And who do you think invented muffins? She placed a hot tray on the counter and pointed to the cabinet, signalling him to get her a plate. You would not possibly presume to know who was the first person to bake a muffin. He reached for a plate covered with a little pink rose from the top shelf and handed it to her. I'm not the one who didn't take muggle studies. She held her hand out for the tongs, which she readily supplied, and she began moving the muffins onto the plate. You're no good at lying, little lion, he said with a smirk. Hermione looked up from her serious task of muffin distribution to take in the sight of his smile. It had been a week now of him working for her and sleeping on her couch, and each day his jovial nature grew stronger and his smiles grew brighter. She couldn't even remember seeing Draco Malfoy so delighted. Even during their school days, he only appeared happy when he was proving something to someone. Proving he was the best seeker, proving that his family was the best one in the world of England. Proving that the Slytherin was the best house. Proving that he was so much better than Harry Potter. In the end, Harry was the best seeker. The Malfoy name was disgraced. Gryffindor took home Morehouse Cups during their years there, and Harry was a respected aura and former Quidditch star, married to the girl of his dreams, while Draco was... here. Working for no pay and sleeping on the couch of the one person he always swore he hated more than Harry Potter himself. She used to reminisce during her lonely hours of the day, when there was a lull in customers, for the days at school before the war. The days when she could make Ron and Harry laugh and smile at her jokes. But even they didn't always have a penchant for her muggle-based material. Ron shared none of his father's enthusiasm for muggle life, and Harry's only exposure to the world of muggles had been abysmal, so naturally he sought to distance himself from it as much as humanly possible. And without her parents, well, she could obviously share the joys of muggle culture with her muggle friends and neighbours, but there was always that hidden layer missing the cream on top of the custard, knowing that she had just a little bit of something more to her grasp of the world because she had seen it from both sides. She knew what was hiding behind all the locked doors and weathered walls. She knew what went bump in the night and how to defeat it. She had defeated it. She took great pride in the witch's brew. She was proud of her baking and her business. But she was still proud of so many other things that so many would never know and she chided herself a bit for it, but she wondered if Draco was at all proud of how she turned out, if he was proud of all she accomplished back in their teenage years. He said he had regrets, was not acknowledging her brilliance sooner one of them. Did she dare ask him? No, no she didn't. Lying successfully is never something I sought to excel at, Malfoy. She handed him the plate of muffins. He took them from her and she followed him out to the front, where he began putting them in the display case while she put out a fresh pot of coffee. Those are my best sellers, she said, as she scooped fresh beans into the grinder. I can make other kinds. What other kinds? He hoisted himself up onto the back counter by her side. She glanced up at him with a small side smile as she hit brew. All kinds. Any kinds. Cherry? Absolutely. Blueberry? I wouldn't dare call myself a true baker if I couldn't. Do you call yourself a true baker, Granger? I most certainly do. 
She puffed out her chest and put her hands on her hips, striking a proud pose. Don't you? He smiled. Without a doubt. Then there you have it. Teach me to bake, he said. What? You heard me. I... Yes, I heard you, but no, Hermione said. You'd be hopeless at it. Not with a good teacher. I don't know of any. She turned around to wipe the front counter, and Malfoy hopped off the back one to come up behind her, stealing the breath from her lungs as his chilling demeanour cascaded over her. Now's not the time to be modest, little lion. You know nothing of modesty, Malfoy. She dragged a rag across the counter, not actually paying any mind to if she collected a single crumb in the process. She was too preoccupied by the feeling of his warm breath blowing down her spine, like a ghostly summer breeze. There hasn't been a customer in over an hour. Plenty of time to teach me and find joy in watching me fail. Hermione breathed slowly as she continued to aimlessly drag the rag back and forth. Granger, the counter's clean. You're stalling. I don't have to teach you to bake, Malfoy. No, but I'm asking you to. Back and forth, back and forth. Granger, turn around. She did not. He groaned in annoyance, grabbed her shoulders and spun her round to face him. Why don't you want to teach me to bake? Because, she said, gripping the rag tightly in her fist. That's not a good reason, he said. It's not even a reason at all. Because it's mine. Baking? Yes, it's a muggle pastime. It's something that my mother taught. She froze, suddenly feeling horribly embarrassed. Malfoy looked down at her with a look far too akin to pity for her liking. Don't go feeling sorry for me, Malfoy. I've never felt sorry for you, Granger. Why would I? Excuse me? She sputtered. I'm the one you should feel sorry for. She truly couldn't tell if he was joking or not. Why on earth would I feel sorry for you, Malfoy? Everything you suffered has been your own fault. Marlin, Granger, you just have to paint me as a villain no matter what, don't you? Must make things so simple for you to only see them in black and white. There are no shades of grey where it comes to this, she snapped. Do you want me to care that you've been homeless? That you had to go and hide in America? Maybe if you'd faced your trial with some dignity when you were supposed to ten years ago, then things would have turned out better. And maybe if you hadn't lost your parents and Weasley and run from the wizarding world like a scared little girl, you wouldn't feel so threatened by me. She reached up and slapped him with her free hand. The rag still clutched tightly in her other. Malfoy inhaled sharply from her blow, slowly turning his head back to face her. His eyes were seething with rage, but she refused to be daunted by him. She raised her hand to try and push him away, but he caught her wrist and held her still. Her breath caught in her throat from his touch. You're being a brat. You know that, Granger. Sod off, Malfoy. She went to move past him and dropped the rag in the process. With a half of frustration, she bent down to pick it up. Malfoy remained standing, staring down his nose at her as she crunched by his feet, plucking the used piece of fabric off the floor. She made the mistake of glancing up at him and suddenly the boxes in her mind began to rattle. She opened her mouth in a silent gasp as she felt like she was no longer in her cafe, but in a manner, no longer beneath Malfoy but a different member of his family's bloodline. And before she knew it, she was heaving on her knees, 
hand pressed to her chest, trying to calm her breathing. Merlin's beard, Granger, Malfoy said, still looking down at her. It's not that serious. We don't feel sorry for each other. Fine, whatever. She kept panicking. Her breathing became more shallow. She could taste bile in her mouth from the agony, the pain of a knife carving into her flesh, slicing through her skin with a vengeance, and hatred so unadulterated she could barely fathom it. Malfoy started to shift uncomfortably. Granger, it's fine? She kept gasping. She felt like she was choking. The word crucio began to rattle through her mind and then her bones were breaking. She was begging and screaming and Bellatrix was just laughing. There was so much laughing. He finally crouched down beside her. You don't have to teach me to bake. Calm down. She heard his words from underwater, the sound too muffled to make it to her own ears. Instead, she heard screams. Her own screams echoing off clothes and feeling cold walls, ringing now over and over in her mind. This memory had somehow escaped its box and was running through her mind, wreaking havoc. Banana muffins are fine. Malva rested a hand awkwardly on her back. They're good. I like them. She was still gasping for air. She just couldn't seem to fill her lungs. Granger, get a hold of yourself. Malfoy's voice was beginning to take on a worried tone that she wasn't used to hearing, and he wasn't used to feeling. When she still didn't respond, Malfoy grabbed her hand. He squeezed tightly to try and bring her back. Blimey, Granger, hit me or something. Just stop. I can't breathe, she whispered. Well, he struggled to come up with something helpful to say. Just inhale. Hermione met his stare his eyes wide like the moon, rife with the concern she found startling. But she did as he said. She took a long, deep inhale and held it in her chest. Exhale, he said softly. She did as he said, letting the breath flow smoothly out of her mouth, warm through her slightly parted lips. Good. Again. She repeated the steps. Once more. She did. The memory went back in the box and she double-locked the chains. The shaking in her bones began to cease and the ache in her chest faded. Sorry, she whispered, tearing her eyes away from him and looking at the floor. I'm so sorry. The corner of his mouth quirked up. For slapping me? She looked back up at him, her hand still encased in his. No, she snipped, tugging her hand free. Is it the muffins? he taunted. Surely you're not that attached to banana muffins. There was a brief silence where Hermione considered yelling at him for his callousness. But then instead she began to giggle, and her giggle bubbled into a full-blown laugh. Malfoy began to laugh too. They remained like that for several minutes, crouched on her cafe's floor, laughing over her brief mental breakdown. I can make other kinds of muffins, she said finally, catching her breath once and for all. Good, he said. That's very good. So, Carly said loudly one morning, dumping her heavy bag of psychology textbooks on a table by the window. What on God's green earth is going on, my? Hermione glanced nervously back at the kitchen before remembering she'd sent Malfoy on his lunch break to pick them up sandwiches and wasn't around to hear Carly's loud declarations that were sure to be mortifying on Hermione's account. What's going on with what? Hermione asked. 
Carly came to lean over the counter, her feet flinging off the floor. Your high school paramour! He's no such thing. Your dark lover! Carly taunted with raised eyebrows. Hermione laughed, rolling her eyes. She was doing her best to not appear unfurled by Carly's words, trying to conceive herself that she wasn't unfurled. He needed a job, Carly. I gave him one, that's all. Mm-hmm. The regular, Hermione asked, trying to change the subject. What aren't you saying, Mai? Nothing. Liar. Don't try and use that psychology degree on me. Hermione moved to begin making the latte. Oh, I wouldn't dream of it. But the subconscious can sometimes repress intense feelings of no. Hermione began to froth the milk. I'm not suppressing anything, Carly. What's his favourite colour? I haven't the faintest idea. She added a shot of pumpkin spice syrup. What colour do you think he would look best in? Green. Hermione added the foam milk to the top of Carly's latte and gave the girl a withering look. I am not continuing this line of questioning. Carly laughed a light, arios laugh that echoed off the old walls. He unmoors you, my, it's obvious. That's because I hate him. Then why do you let him work here? Because he's... pathetic. He could be someone else's problem. Hermione slid the mug across to Carly, who handed her money in exchange for her sugary, syrupy, caffeinated treat. Don't you have homework to do? Hermione asked. Carly laughed again and sauntered over to her table, leaving Hermione alone with her troublesome thoughts. Are you sleeping with the redhead? Hermione froze, almost choking on her coffee. Excuse me? She looked over to where Malfoy was wiping down a table. You heard me, Granger. Hermione set her mug of coffee down, wishing it contained a stronger ingredient than cream and sugar. No. I'm not sleeping with Carly. Hmm. Hmm? Do you want to? I'm not gay, Malfoy. There's nothing wrong with being gay, Granger. I never said there was. I'm just not. He said nothing can move to wipe down another table. Did you? Hermione asked. Want to sleep with the redhead? Hermione sighed. Her name is Carly. No, I don't want to sleep with Carly. Oh, good. She felt uneasy with the sense of relief his response instilled in her. She's far too young for you anyway. Malfoy scoffed. How old is she? Twenty, I believe. Don't be so predictably uptight, Granger. That's not so bad. You dated Crumb, didn't you? He was only three years older than me. Her voice became indignant. Malfoy laughed again. Do not stand over there and laugh at me, Malfoy. He stood up and leaned against the table he had finished wiping down, crossing his arms over his chest, wearing a look of absolute ease that enraged her. And why not? Because I'll throw you out. No, you won't. She gripped the counter. He was right, she wouldn't. Finish up, she snapped. Time to go. A few minutes later, they were walking through the brisk November night to Hermione's flat, and she was fighting desperately to not internally obsess over what her life had been so quickly to become. Working with Draco Malfoy. Living with Draco Malfoy. So, still a bit of a prude, eh, Granger? His words stopped her in her tracks. He kept walking without realising her pause, 
When he did, he turned around to face her, an amused look on his face. What's wrong, Granger? How dare you, she said, a voice haughty and higher in pitch than she would have liked. You're the one who's embarrassed to discuss sex. I'm not embarrassed. She took a step towards him. You asked a question and I answered it. All right. He stepped closer. If you don't want to fuck the redhead, who do you want to fuck? She made a look of disgust. You're so crass. And you're a prude. Without stopping to process her actions, she lurched forward, swinging her fist out, aiming for his nose. A slap suddenly not seeming like enough, but he expected the blow and caught her bald fist in his hand, his spindly, lithe fingers easily wrapping around her hand. Don't think I'll make it easy for you, Granger. She glared at him and swung her free hand to slap him again, but he caught her there too, enveloping her wrist in his grip and yanking on it. She gasped as she stumbled forward, crashing into his chest. Is that the best you've got? he said, his voice low, his breath hot on her face. <clears throat> Re-record. Is that the best you've got? he said, his voice low, his breath hot on her face. She jutted out her chin. No. Good. He moved swiftly, spinning her round so her back was pressed to his front. He snaked his arms around her, clasping tight, keeping her arms pinned to her side. You said the little lion has got claws. He spoke directly in her ear. So prove it. I was under the impression that the blooming bruise on your cheek did just that. He chuckled in her ear, the sound a low, looming tone. She gritted her teeth together and then shifted her fingers down an inch, taut against his hold on her and grabbed the end of her wand where it stuck out of her coat pocket. Stupefy! Malfoy grunted as he was tossed back, crashing to the pavement. Hermione whipped around, a pleased smirk spread across her lips, wand brandished at her side. What's wrong, Malfoy? No magic to fight back with. Don't tell me you're going to yield to a lowly muggle-born. She stepped closer to jay at him down, but he made quick work of grabbing her ankle and tugging her down with him. She let out a very undignified squeak as she crashed into his chest and his arms wrapped around her again. Low blow, Granger, taking down an unarmed man. Then whose fault is it that you're an unarmed? Still not fair. Oh, boo-hoo. She squirmed against him, rolling out of his hold on her so that she landed on her backside beside him, the sidewalk icy beneath her. You're insufferable, she breathed her breath pluming above her in the chill. As are you. I'm a delight. He laughed. She elbowed him in the gut and he laughed louder, and then she laughed and it felt so bloody good. Finally, when their laughter had died down, she sat up and looked over at him. Come on. She got to her feet and held out a hand to him. He looked up at her with those strange eyes she still didn't understand, and then took her hand and allowed him to help her up. Chapter 7 Morning, Moy! Hermione looked up from her book to see a regular she hadn't seen in a while saunter into the cafe. Henry. Oh god, he's fucking American. Jesus. Chapter 7 Morning, Moy! Hermione looked up from her book to see a regular she hadn't seen in a while saunter into the cafe. 
Henry, an American who moved to Scotland a year ago. Hi, Henry. It's been a while. I know. I was out on assignment, researching in Wales for several months now. How'd it go? Henry was a journalist, always writing deep investigative think pieces that Hermione adored after coming from an age in a world that considered that trash Rita Skeeter wrote to be actual news. Excellent. Going to bring the company crumbling down once we finish exposing all of the transgressions. Of course, I can't go into detail just yet because, yes, I know. What can I get you? The special. She smiled. You want a pumpkin spice latte? He shrugged, sporting a smile of his own. Sure, why not? Say la vie and all that. Hermione parted her lips in a light laugh and took his payment before turning to make his drink. Of course, Malfoy was standing right behind her. Who's the bloke? Henry. She kept her tone clipped as she reached for a mug. Malfoy plucked it off the shelf and handed it to her. She didn't thank him. You two seem awfully friendly. He's a customer. He used to come in pretty regularly. Malfoy nodded, then leaned down low to whisper in her ear. Is he the one you want to fuck? Hermione almost spilled the milk at his words. She shot him a flustered look of disgust, and he simply laughed. Yes, Malfoy, you've caught me. I'm harbouring nothing but overwhelming lust for one of my customers. Malfoy blinked slowly, startled by her words. Hermione used the opportunity to call out Henry's name for his order. Have you ever been properly fucked, Granger? Malfoy followed her to the kitchen, where she gathered some more pastries for the front display. You have such a way with words, Malfoy. He huffed and stood idly by, watching as she loaded baked sweets onto her plate without offering to help. I'm twenty-eight, Malfoy, she said when she noticed him still studying her with his accusing and judgmental eyes. Yes, I've had sex. That's not what I asked. A snide smirk spread across his lips. Hermione knit her brows together and worked some silent magic to send him falling backwards on his ass. He cursed her as she stepped over his legs to put the pastries away. Why didn't you marry Weasley? Hermione set a plate of chicken and mashed potatoes down in front of Malfoy as she sat down beside him on the couch, another episode of Friends playing in the background. November was quickly flitting away and had somehow become a permanent fixture in her life. Always in her home, in her work, in her thoughts, she had been trying to think of what she would do when Harry and the Weasleys came in less than a month's time, wanting to visit her in the places that Malfoy now constantly occupied. She worried that her friends would want to have it out again, argue and accuse, especially Ron. She would have no right, and he would do it anyway. It was what he always did, even at the end, even though he lied to her. He left her. He still judged her choice to leave for the Muggle world, and she knew he would judge her for this as well. She wondered if Malfoy would judge her too, mock her for how seriously she was fretting over the impending Potter Weasley arrival, if he would laugh at her if he found out why she and Ron ended. Because I didn't. It's none of your business. Why didn't you marry someone? Yeah, sure, Granger. He reached for the plate. Lots of eligible witches are lining up to marry an exiled former Death Eater. Hermione shrugged. Hearing him say those two words was more grating than she cared to admit. This is good, Granger, he said after taking a bite of chicken. 
Thanks, she mumbled. She didn't say anything else and tried to focus on the telly while they ate, briefly wondering if she should feign fatigue and retreat to her room. You're in a mood now, he said, pulling her from her spiralling thoughts. What? She turned to look at him and find that he was already staring at her. You are, because of what I just said. I have no issue with what you said. He tilted his head. Death Eater? She shrugged again, trying to pretend she was truly unbothered. It's what you were. Doesn't mean you like to hear it, or me mention it. I don't care what you mention, Lavoy. It's in the past. Then why do you still let it affect you so much? I don't. She turned back the TV, but he kept his eyes on her. You do, he said, his voice accusatory. Don't pretend you care. Granger. She closed her eyes and sighed slowly before turning back to him. Malfoy. I told you, you have regrets. Yes, I know. He nodded. Name one, Hermione said quickly. What? Tell me something that you regret. And don't say something stupid like buying your way into the Quidditch team, or I don't regret that. Or cheating on a potions exam or something. I never cheated at potions. Malfoy! He laughed and Hermione glared. All right, Granger, don't get your knickers in a twist. Believe you me, Malfoy, you have absolutely no effect over my undergarments. He laughed again and Hermione felt her blood boil. Tell me, she insisted. Fine. He set down his plate, reached out and grabbed her wrist. She gasped but didn't want to pull away as he pushed up the sleeve of her dress, revealing her faded scar. This. I regret this word. I regret every time I said it. I regret ever being foolish and naive enough to think it mattered. Words do matter. She kept her eyes cast down from his, unable to bear looking at him right now. This one shouldn't have. She tugged on her arm, but Malfoy didn't let up. Malfoy, let go. How long do you plan to hold on to it? What? Your hatred. Hermione scoffed, indignant. You all want to talk. I don't hate you, Granger. You did? Fine, he huffed. Maybe I did, but you did. That was ten years ago. He moved his thumb across her wrist. The movement was so small, so slight, that she almost convinced herself that it didn't happen. She tugged on her wrist again, and this time he released her. Eat, she nodded at the food. She didn't want to go down the path this discussion led to. Not tonight. Maybe not ever. Malfoy held her gaze for a moment more, and then obeyed. They ate the rest of their dinner in silence. The man used a quick charm to wash the dishes, and then headed to her bedroom. Granger. She stopped, her hand resting on the wall by her bedroom door. What, Malvoy? She didn't turn around to look at him. You're infuriatingly good. She turned slowly, her eyes landing on him. Excuse me? You heard me. She bit her lip. Yes, I suppose I did. It's the Gryffindor in you. She laughed softly. The sound was low and empty. It felt dishonest. It felt fake. She could handle being around him when they were joking about muffins or even lightly about magic and the oddities of things like Muggle News. But this kind of genuine conversation would be the death of her. She was not made to withstand the redemption of Draco Malfoy. 
Have you really changed, Slytherin? I wouldn't be here if I hadn't. Granger, wake up! Wake up, it's okay! Hermione opened her eyes. She was screaming, tears streaming down her cheeks as she was pulled from the night terror. Someone was wrapping their arms around her and pulling her close. Without thinking, she lurched forward and burrowed her chest against whoever it was, letting her tears soak through their t-shirt. One of the hands that held her began to smooth her hair down her back. It's okay, he said. It's just a dream. Malfoy. Hermione pulled back from his arms, her tear-stained expression meeting his solemn one. She immediately felt embarrassed, weak, exposed. Sorry, she whispered. I don't know what... It's been a while. Usually this doesn't happen. It's okay, Malfoy said. Hermione looked into his eyes again, seeing a compassion there that was unfamiliar with. She was lying, of course. She had the dreams all the time. The nightmares. They took reprieves from her mind, but they never faded. Not entirely. I have them too, he said. Nightmares. Right, she said, her voice barely audible. Do you want to talk about it? At that, she let out a hollow, scoffing laugh. She couldn't see him flinch at her laugh in the darkness, but somehow she knew he did. Why on earth would I want to talk about it with you? Because I'm here? She froze, struck numb by those three words. They shouldn't have mattered, not at all. Nothing should matter about him, and yet it did. The way he was still here, still cluttering up her life, even when history and common sense told her that she should have thrown him out and sent him away weeks ago. He was still here. And now he was in her bed, offering to give her some semblance of comfort. It's just a memory she said, finding his dim gaze in the darkness, his features becoming clearer as her eyes adjusted. It doesn't matter. Malfoy's hand inched forward on the bed until his fingers brushed gently against hers. She inhaled soft and sharp. It was the slightest touch, hardly anything at all, and yet it set her aflame. Will you... She paused, tried to forget the thought that was bouncing around in her mind at that moment. She considered pulling her hand back. She knew she should, but it was like her body was made of stone. She couldn't move away from him even if she wanted to. And she didn't want to. Will I what, Granger? Stay. The word left her lips like a ghost. Malfoy's fingers twitched against hers and she suddenly felt so stupid, so foolish. He was only here because she let him live off her charity. He didn't really want to be here. He would be somewhere else if he could, and... Yes, he said. What? she breathed. He shifted his hand towards her a bit so that his fingers began to slide over her knuckles. I'll stay. Are you going to lie back down? I... Yes, I am. She remained still, her fingers still under his. She saw the outline of his smile in the shadows. He nodded to her pillow. Best do it, then. Right. Right, she muttered. She laid back, pulling the blanket and sheet above her chin. She looked at Malfoy and saw that he was still seated at the foot of the bed, unmoving. She mustered up her courage, feeling like a nervous teenager, and pulled the blanket and sheet a bit on the other side of her. She nodded a bit to the empty side of the bed, 
hoping he would take the silent invitation and not mortify her by forcing her to voice her desires. The universe took pity on her fragile state, and Malfoy remained silent. He moved, standing up and making his way to the barren side of the bed. He crawled in next to her and pulled the blanket and sheet up on his end. The two lay there like that for several minutes. The only sound in the darkness was their uneven breaths. Hermione took a deep breath to try and muster up the courage, and then turned to face him and reached her hand out across the ocean of space between them. She took his hand in hers. Malfoy followed her lead and wove his fingers through hers, lacing them up like a bow. They fell asleep, hands entwined with so many words left unsaid. Chapter 8 Hermione's alarm went off, and as she rolled over to slam her palm down on it into the silence, the horrible beeping, she realised there was something draped across her body. In the dreariness of the early morning, it took her a moment to realise what it was. Malfoy. At some point during the remainder of the night, the two of them had somehow ended up tangled together, his arm wrapped around her waist, her back tucked against his front, his head in the crook of her neck. She was so surprised by the closeness of him that she forgot to shut off her alarm, and eventually the blaring beeping roused Malfoy. Ugh, Granger, he mumbled into her neck. Shut that bloody thing off. Sorry, she whispered through a croaky morning voice. She slapped the alarm off and then went still in his arms, waiting for him to move first. He did not. Instead, he flattened his palm against her stomach and pulled her body even closer against his. She inhaled softly as he nuzzled into her neck, sighing like he was perfectly content to remain like that all day. Malfoy? Mm-hmm. We have to go to work. He groaned and wrapped his arms even tighter around her. Malfoy, seriously? She tried to shift a bit against his hold on her, but he was too strong. Malfoy, we need to get up. But I'm so comfy, he whined. Really, what are you, a child? Get up. He groaned dramatically, but did as she said. She felt the absence of his arm almost immediately, and found that she hated how barren she suddenly felt without it. Can I shower first? Malfoy asked, waltzing to the doorway. Yes, she said, still a bit dazed by the experience of waking up in Malfoy's arms. She watched him leave her room and head across the hall to the bathroom and she felt in the pit of her stomach that she was entirely doomed. Do you ever think about creating your own spell? Hermione glanced up from where she was mixing ingredients from banana muffins to see Malfoy lazily slouched against the doorframe to the kitchen. No. Do you ever think about actually doing any work? I washed the dishes. Hours ago. He shrugged and reached to dip his finger in the batter, but Hermione slapped his hands away. Why would I need to create a spell? she asked. What good has that ever done anyone? All spells made by someone, Granger. Yes, by professionals. Anyone can decide what words mean. People do it all the time. Oh, sure, she sighed. Like that brilliant sectum semper nonsense that Snape... Her sentence got clogged up in her throat when she realised the severity of what she had said. She looked up to see Malfoy staring back at her with those hollow eyes that made her so uneasy. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm not made of glass, Granger. I, I know, it's just that I wouldn't want you to. I know you weren't trying to hurt me. 
he said, his voice even. You do? He nodded, and then utilised Hermione's moment of surprise to slide around her and successfully dip his finger in the batter. Hey! But it was too late. He was already popping the finger in his mouth to suck it clean. Hermione's eyes were immediately drawn to his lips, watching intently as they worked against his finger to suck off every drop of batter. She had a fleeting thought that the entire thing looked far too erotic for a coffee shop kitchen, but then he removed his finger from his mouth, and she shook her head slightly to vanquish such a silly idea from her head. You should be flattered, Granger. Flattered? She scoffed loudly to try and distract from the growing flush in her cheeks. Yes, I'm so addicted to your muggle pastry that I can't bear to even wait for you to properly bake them. So you admit they're muggle food? He stepped towards her again, and she moved defensively in front of the bowl. He smirked, reached up, and gently took her chin between his thumb and forefinger. They can be whatever you want, little lion. She looked into his fierce grey eyes, lost in them like a stormy sea. She shook her head in the tiniest bit against his light hold on her. What is it? His voice was softer. Who are you? And what have you done with Draco Malfoy? His smile faltered only for a moment before he regained his composure. Would you prefer the old Malfoy? No, she said quickly. Not at all. He smirked, released her chin and lunged for another dip of batter, but Hermione succeeded in throwing herself in front of the bowl to block him. Their bodies crashed together and Hermione lost her balance, sending them both toppling down to the kitchen floor. Hermione couldn't help it. She started laughing. He smirked, released her chin and lunged for another dip of batter, but Hermione succeeded in throwing herself in front of the bowl to block him. Their bodies crashed together and Hermione lost her balance, sending them both toppling down to the kitchen floor. Hermione couldn't help it. She started laughing. Malfoy did too. Let's go out tonight, Granger. We just got home, Hermione said as she hung her coat by the door. Yes, from work. I worked. You just stand around and hand me dishes. Is that not working? She rolled her eyes with a laugh and passed him to the head into the kitchen to start dinner. I'm serious, Granger, Malfoy said. Let's get drinks or something. We stay in every night. Because we get up before the sun every morning. You deserve a break from cooking. She rested her hands on the kitchen counter as she looked back at him. Are you going to cook? No, I want to take you to dinner. With my money? If you'd pay me, then I'd have money. And if I started paying you, then you're going to use that money to take me out to dinner? Precisely. Hermione studied him for a moment and then sighed. She reached into her purse and pulled out some cash and handed it to him. Let's go, star employee. Hermione didn't dare take Malfoy to Paddy's after the mysterious poisoning he suffered there, so she took him a bit further into town and to a hole-in-the-wall fish-and-chips place. She wondered if Prissy Mr Malfoy had ever had decent, wonderfully greasy fish-and-chips. She ignored any judgmental gazes as she ordered their food, and then watched as he proudly used the money she paid him for his work to buy their food. They settled into a booth at the back of the restaurant and ate for a few minutes in silence, before Malfoy shattered it with his typical wrecking-ball finesse. So, Granger, you said you've had sex before, right? Hermione almost choked on her soda. Malfoy laughed at the sight. 
Yes, she practically sneered. I wasn't lying. Merlin Malfoy, I'm a grown woman. He shrugged. Yes, but you are goody two-shoes Granger and enough! She slammed her hand down on the table for emphasis, slightly startling him. If you expect me to believe that you're so changed since our school days, then I expect the same courtesy. I'm not some know-it-all, grades-and-rules-obsessed teenage schoolgirl anymore. I'm a grown woman with my own business and my own sense of self, and yes, Malfoy, I have fucked. Have you got to bed with any lovely American witches? Malfoy leaned back and studied her for a moment. He crossed his arms over his chest and wore an expression that she swore looked almost like he was impressed. No, Granger. No American witches. Hermione balked at him. Was Malfoy admitting he was a virgin? Noticing her shock, he chuckled and reached for a chip, and before popping it into his mouth, he said, There was a wizard, though. Hermione fought to keep her jaw from dropping as she watched Malfoy chew, smirking around each bite. You're gay? She didn't want to think about why that suddenly made her feel let down. Surely she wasn't disappointed by the idea of Malfoy not being interested in her gender. Why should she care? Malfoy unfurled his arms, resting them down on the table, his hands dangerously close to her own. I believe the term the kids are using these days is bisexual. The word sent a thrill through her that she fought to tamp down. Just because he was into women didn't mean he was into her, and it certainly didn't mean she wanted him to be into her. I see. The fingers on her left hand twitched, just the tiniest bit closer to his. No women, though. He raised an eyebrow, moving his own fingers a tiny bit too. Would you be jealous if I said yes? No, she sputtered. Why should I care who you have sexual relations with? I don't know, Granger. You tell me. He kept smirking at her. It was damn infuriating. I don't, she insisted, tasting how the words felt like a lie in her tongue. He laughed, reaching for his soda with the right hand, leaving the left one a few centimetres from hers. What happened to him? she asked. The wizard. What happened to Weasley? Malfoy, tit for tat, Granger. I answer your questions, you answer mine. His fingers slid the slightest bit across the table until the tips grazed against hers, sending a thrill up her arm. Well, Hermione tried to focus. I asked you first. Fine. When my mother and I got caught, I never saw him again. Oh, Hermione muttered. That's sad. He nodded and then boldly began to slowly slide his fingers up and over hers, the pads of his fingers skimming gently across her knuckles. It is. Now you, Weasley. We tried to make it work, she said, keeping her left hand perfectly still as Malfoy continued his steady exploration of her skin. His fingers danced across the knuckles at the back of her hand before gently scraping her with his nails causing her to inhale softly. But he was in love with someone else. Malfoy raised his brow again in silent question. When Hermione didn't continue, he heaved an exasperated sigh. And? And then he started seeing her, before alerting me to the knowledge that he was no longer in love with me. Fuck, Granger. The weasel cheated on you. 
you're going to make some snide remark about how it must be because I underperformed in bed, then Merlin's beard, Granger. Malfoy stopped his feathery finger, teasing, and pressed his palm flat on top of her hand. I wouldn't do that. Not any more, anyway. I'm just shocked that he cheat on you. It was obvious to anyone with eyes back at Hogwarts how you two felt about each other. I'll admit, though, I had a bet going with a few other Slytherins about if you were going to end up with Weasley or Potter. Harry's my best friend. I have never desired him in that way. And believe me, I was equally shocked to learn of Ron's infidelity. We were drifting apart after... everything. Why? Malfoy began to gently turn her hand over. She looked down and watched as he traced the lines in her palm with his fingers. It was a simple gesture, but it sent chills across her skin all the same. Because... Hermione tried to keep her voice steady as Malfoy continued to gently graze his fingers across her palm. He wanted to live in the past, before the war and everything took it from us. He wanted to pretend nothing had happened and go back to being cheery and silly and childish. And while I understand that, I just couldn't. Too much had been stolen from me, and while I understand that suffering isn't a competition, I was resentful. I know Ron lost a brother, but think of all Harry and I lost. Think of what Harry never had. Hell, Luna was in prison for Merlin knows how long, and Dobby died, and Neville never got to know his parents because Bellatrix... Hermione stopped short, swallowing a sob that was creeping its way up her throat. She hadn't realised even saying the woman's name filled her stomach with unadulterated fear. It didn't matter that the witch was dead, and the memories of what she'd done to Hermione were literally etched into her arm, only a few inches above where Malfoy was currently stroking her. She took a shaky breath, trying her best to push the fear back down. Malfoy watched her intently, silently. He pressed his lips into a thin line, unsure of what to say. He just kept tracing the lines on her palm. Hermione dropped her eyes back down to watch the paths he created across her hand evening out her breathing in time with the movements of his fingers. Who was it? Malfoy finally asked. What? Hermione pulled her gaze away from her hand and Malfoy's fingers to look him in the eye. Who did he leave you for? Oh, I don't know. Some girl he met at a pub one night. A muggle. It was a whole thing with the Weasleys. Not because she was a muggle, but because of everything that happened during the war and how bringing a muggle into the mix always inevitably means danger and prejudice, even after everything, well, changed. But Ron pointed out how happily married Seamus's parents were, and that quickly put an end to things. After everything, I think they were just happy he was happy, and Molly was never a huge fan of me. I don't think she ever forgave me for dating Victor in fourth year, and all the stupid things Skeeter wrote. And Molly was actually daft enough to believe them. That's ridiculous. Hermione huffed a laugh. I know. She did petty things to make me know she wasn't happy with me. Sending the boys big Easter baskets and me none. I know it sounds stupid now, but at fourteen it hurt. I don't know. I felt alone. I didn't have magical parents, and now I don't have parents at all, so it hurt to watch Harry essentially become an honorary Weasley while I continue to be left on the outside. You have parents, Granger. I know, she said, sipping more soda. I get that I technically do, but listen, Granger. Malfoy stopped tracing the lines of her palm and instead wrapped his fingers around her wrist. As he glided across her pulse point, she practically jumped out of her seat from the thrill. You're lucky you didn't have to watch your mother die in front of you. Hermione stiffened at his words. 
He hadn't spoken of his mother since the poisoning. But I understand your situation is less than ideal. But I bet if your parents knew you now, they'd be proud of you. His words were so genuine, she almost didn't believe she'd heard them. Really? she asked in a small voice. He nodded. You won a bloody war, Granger. You suffered greatly to save our world. What parent wouldn't be proud of their daughter for that? Thank you, she said softly. She took another sip of her soda just to have something to focus on other than Malfoy's earnest eyes. His fingers were still wrapped around her wrist. So who have you slept with, Granger? Oh, for Merlin's sake. Just give me one name. What would it matter? You wouldn't know them. Not one. Not a single witch or wizard I know of. Hermione bit her lip and Malfoy's smile got bigger. He gave her wrist a small squeeze. Aha! There is someone. Who is it, Granger? Fess up. Have you ever slept with any witches or wizards I know? I've never slept with a witch, Granger. Hermione's mouth opened in surprise at that. But you said you're bi. I am. I'm not all opposed to the idea of going to bed with a witch. I've just never had the chance. I had a little fun with a few women at pubs in America, but it never went very far. I've always just been caught up fancying the men I met. And to answer your question, yes, Theo, not an I, sometimes, you know. Oh, said Hermione. That makes sense. So fess up, Granger. Victor. In fourth year? Blimey, Granger. No, not in fourth year. One summer before sixth year. Good for you, Granger. Can we please talk about something else? She begged. He smirked again and it made Hermione want to slap him. He released her wrist to drag his nails across her skin once more. She fought back a shiver as he crested her pulse until he finally entwined his fingers with hers. Sure, Granger. Hermione breathed a sigh of relief. The rest of dinner passed relatively normally, talking about work and books and the approaching Christmas holiday. Hermione still hadn't mentioned that Harry and the Weasleys would be visiting. Malfoy never let go of her hand. Hermione woke up screaming. There were hands trying to shake her into full consciousness, but it wasn't working. She was on that floor. She was being carved into. She was thrashing and sobbing. And he was there. He wasn't even looking at her. He couldn't even spare her a sorrowful glance. Anything to tell her that he was sorry for what was being done to her. Did he truly hate her so much? Think so little of her? That he could just stand there and look ahead as she was violated and mutilated? Was her blood honestly that repulsive to him? Look at my arm, she wanted to scream. My blood is the same colour as yours. But he never even so much as glanced her way. She didn't deserve this. I didn't take anything, she screamed into the night. Granger, you're having a nightmare. Granger, wake up. Please, please wake up. It was his voice. He was speaking to her. Was he finally going to do something? But then the shaking finally fully woke her up, and Malfoy's voice pulled her from the clutches of the nightmare. She opened her eyes to see his concern expression looking down at her. Malfoy? she whispered. She reached up without thinking and gently touched his cheek. He put his hand on top of hers. I'm here, Granger. 
It was just a dream. You're okay. You're safe. She nodded numbly and moved again without giving it too much thought. She leaned forward and wrapped her arms around him. He paused against her body for a moment, but then slowly encircled her with his arms and held her as she cried. Her body shook as the sobs racked through her, the memory washing over her with vengeance. And the whole time he just held her and whispered in her ear, You're okay. You're safe. When her crying finally ceased, Malfoy spoke again. Do you want tea? Hermione pulled back from him to look into his eyes again. You don't know how to make tea. He headed for her door. And no time like the present to learn, yeah? He left her room and Hermione got up and followed after him. She grabbed her wand and waved it, putting a kettle on before he had a chance to reach it. Malfoy spun around to face her from across the kitchen, the island counter between them. Ye of so little faith, Granger. I'm too tired to deal with you accidentally setting my kitchen on fire. So dramatic, he huffed with fake offence. Hermione wanted to laugh, or even smile. She knew that's what he was trying to get her to do, and that truly startled her. Malfoy was trying to make her feel better. It was a foreign experience for her, and she found that she did not possess the emotional bandwidth to process what this fundamental change in their dynamic was doing to her. Do you want to talk about it? he asked her. Whatever the nightmare was about. His words unsettled her, even though he'd asked them before. She felt a wave of anxiety wash over her at the idea of speaking aloud fears she had kept buried for so long. She bit into her lip so hard it almost bled. Stop that, Malfoy said, his eyes on her mouth. Hermione released her now chapped lip and looked at him in confusion and longing. The loneliness started to take shape in front of her for the first time in years. She couldn't deny it any more. She longed for him. She wanted him near. She wanted him close, and she was terrified. You know what it was about, she whispered. You're there. You're always there in the memory. An ugly silence hung between them for a moment. Malfoy stepped closer to her, and Hermione moved back until she hit the wall. Granger. Hermione felt tears returning. Malfoy held her gaze for a moment, and she silently dared him to insult her for crying, for not being able to be strong and keep it together. But the insult never came. Instead, he closed out the space between them, reached up and gently cupped her cheek with his hand. Go ahead, she whispered, staring up into his fierce eyes. Mock me. He shook his head. No. Insult me, she begged. No, Granger. Do something, Malfoy. He studied her for a moment more, and then he did do something. He leaned down and pressed his lips to hers. At first it was just the ghost of a kiss, his mouth brushing against hers with a feather-like touch. Hermione stilled against him, thinking for a brief moment that she must still be sleeping, for there was certainly no way that this could really be happening. Here, in her home, there was no way that Draco Malfoy, of all people in the world, was kissing her as she wept from a nightmare like a scared little child. But then he reached back to roughly tangle his hands in her hair and press his mouth against hers with more fervour, and she was lost. Hermione gasped softly, her hands instinctively going to press against his chest, and he used the opportunity of her parting her lips to slip his tongue inside her mouth. 
He swiped it up against her top teeth before sucking her own tongue into his mouth. Hermione didn't have time to think or process or overanalyse what was happening. His tongue continued to move in her mouth, claiming it as its own. She moaned softly, tilting her body closer to his. Malfoy moved his hand up, roughly holding her face still so that he could have his way with her mouth and plunder it to extent that he saw fit. Hermione dug her fingers into the thin fabric of his undershirt and pushed her hips forward, rocking against his, which pulled a groan from deep in his throat. He shoved the rest of his weight against her, slamming her body all the way back against the wall with a thud. Her head banged against the wood, but she didn't notice, and the light pain because as soon as she had her body pinned beneath him, he slid one hand down to press against the small of her back, pulling her impossibly closer to him. He dragged his teeth against her bottom lip, pulling it into his mouth and biting down whilst he drew a soft sigh from her throat. He dug his fingers into her back, rough and desperate, and she did the same with his chest, gripping him so hard her nails pressed through the fabric of his shirt. Hold on to me, Granger, he murmured against her lips. Hermione could barely think or breathe or comprehend, but she did as he said and reached up to wrap her arms around his neck, pulling him down closer to her. He wrapped her up in his arms and squeezed her tight as he kissed her fervently. Malfoy sat on her tongue again, moulding his body against hers, and Hermione couldn't help but whimper softly from the overwhelming sensations. It had been so long since she had been held, since she had been kissed. And even then, she had never been kissed like this. This kiss was rife with a kind anguish that she'd never felt before outside of her own body. His lips were desperate, his hands were greedy, even his breath felt consumed by despair. In that moment, his soul was reaching out to hers and she felt a kinship to it that she had never had with anyone else. It was a compassion she realised she had been searching for all her life. Whatever pain Malfoy was conveying through his kiss was a twin to the pain she felt in her own heart. Malfoy shifted away from her mouth to pepper kisses along her jaw until he made his way to her ear. He nibbled her lobe into his mouth and she dug her nails into his shoulders as she inhaled sharply. She wasn't able to think as her senses were assaulted by the feeling of his lips and tongue and teeth sucking and biting at her throat. Hermione moaned louder than before and held on to him for dear life as he worked his mouth down the column of her throat, planting violent love bruises along her neck. You're safe, he whispered against her neck. You're okay. You're safe. He kept saying the words over and over again, a mantra of his own making. Hermione closed her eyes and got lost in the sound of his words and the feeling of his tongue at the hollow of her throat. I won't hurt you, he murmured, before running his nose up the side of her neck to suckle at her pulse. I'll never hurt you. Not again. I won't. His hands left her back drifting up to get lost in her hair again. He tugged on her strands, pulling her head to the side, exposing her throat to him so he could plant kisses on a fresh expanse of skin. I promise, Granger. He bit her neck and she mewled from the sweet pain. His words swam around in her head, mixing with the savoury sensations of his hands and tongue and teeth. She wanted to believe him, and that scared her. These promises were too lofty for so late at night. She felt they were oaths spread out of pity for her nightmares, ghosts he helped create. 
forever haunting her dreams. His declarations were not the kind she felt she could put faith in. He might just snatch them back when the sun rose. Malfoy, she breathed. She couldn't allow this. Changed as he may be in her adult life, she was still Hermione Granger. She was rational and methodical. She evaluated every situation thoroughly before partaking. It was a trait that set her apart from most Gryffindors. She looked before she leapt, and here Malfoy was, pulling her over the edge of the cliff, eyes closed, heart open, and it was the most frightening thing in the world. She had to stop the free falling before she shattered all her bones on the impact. She pushed against his shoulders, and he kept kissing and biting at her until he reached her shoulder. Stop, she said. He froze against her, but didn't stand back or away, just ceased biting her. He laid his head into the crook of her neck, still keeping his hands tangled in her hair. Why? he murmured against her neck, kissing her lightly after the words left his lips. Because... I hate you! Mm. was his only response before he dragged his tongue up the side of her throat until he reached her jaw where he nipped at her softly until she whimpered again and then he made his way back to her mouth. I hate you too, he said against her lips, and then he kissed her once more, and Hermione cursed herself, because she kissed him back and the freefall continued. She opened her mouth for him, letting his tongue tangle with hers, filling his mouth with her moans. Hermione closed her eyes and let herself get lost in the feeling of Malfoy's lips on hers, the feeling of him dragging his hands from her hair down her body, but then he moved back to her face and gently kissed away one of her tears at that action, so beautiful and tender, pulled her back to reality. She hit the bottom of the ravine, her bones crushed beneath her. Falling for a man like him was a kind of danger she swore she would always avoid, no matter how good it felt, how right it felt. She shoved Malfoy off with as much force as she could manage, just as the tea kettle began to whistle. The two stood there staring at each other with swollen lips and heaving chests as the whine of the kettle sang out behind them. Hermione snapped her fingers and the kettle moved off the stove. Malfoy watched her do so and shook his head. Like I said, you're too good at that. Yeah, Hermione whispered. We all have our talents. She turned and retreated to her own room without even waiting for him to pour her a cup of tea. She wasn't sure which she was more afraid of now, the nightmares or how much she wanted Malfoy to kiss her again.